Hello and welcome to episode five of the Mum Source podcast with me, Charlie Bullis. And today I'm chatting to Julie Warner from Julie Warner Travel Plans. Now, Julie is a mum of two and she is an absolute travel genius. She has traveled to over 100 countries and 51 or 52 of those is with her kids. So she's been traveling with her kids since they were two weeks old. It's absolutely incredible. And Julie is sharing with us all her tips and tricks on how you can travel with your kids and not completely lose your mind like I did last year. So we're going to go over what to do with them on the plane, what where you should go, like great destinations. Also, how to travel with them and make it easy. Like, what do I feed them? What do I do? How do I go about planning such a massive trip. She's traveled through the whole of America over 10 weeks and took both her children with her. They had an absolute blast. So Julie is the go-to person on how you can stay sane on a plane. And that's a little jingle that I'm going to coin myself. So enjoy the interview and I hope you get out of it as, as much as I did. Enjoy. at all. Um, I'm so excited to have you. I've been talking about this to my husband all week. I'm like, I'm going to find out how we can travel with our kids and not lose our minds. He's like, it can be done. It yes, can be done. Yes. So Julie, what I normally do is we kick off with, tell us about you, about your background and what's led you to now. Sure. Well, um, I guess I've had a bit of a unusual background to be doing all the traveling that I'm doing. I grew up in a very small country town with only like four and a half thousand people. Oh, wow. Gosh. <laughs> in South Australia and traveling really wasn't the done thing. Um, my parents did travel a little tiny bit, but only to like three or four places. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know where the love from travel came, but I was just so interested in it. So when I was in my early um, 20s, I went on a Kentucky tour, as many of us young people do, and um, actually met my husband there. And and we've been married for, married for 24 years this year. Congratulations. So. You went on holiday and bagged yourself a man. How <laughs> wasn't good my, that? Wasn't my intention at all, travelling with my girlfriend and that is at the when time. when it happens, yeah. <laughs> to have a lot of fun as a young 20-year-old. <laughs> Certainly wasn't my intention to come home with a husband. <laughs> Brilliant. But uh, from there, I mean, we just really, he loved traveling. He traveled a lot himself and with his family. And we um, ended up quitting our jobs after we'd been together, married for a few years and before kids and uh, traveled around Europe for nine months. And then we've just really continued ever since. And we're married for um, about seven years before we decided to have kids. And Mm. it was you know, a toss up, had a very good life, lived in the yep. UK for a few years and travelled a lot there and it was a, a difficult decision to kind of say, right, let's have a family. But mm-hmm. we really just didn't want having the kids to stop us um, travelling. So we've just kind of dragged them everywhere with us. Yeah. Sometimes begrudgingly, now they're teenagers. But. Yeah. yeah, once they get over a certain age, you're like, oh, actually, you can stay home. Yes, yeah. for sure. The, the <laughs> attitude becomes way too much to deal with. Yes, um, I'm sure the listeners that have listened to my show before know that that's the life that I'm living at the moment. <laughs> so as you're saying, once we have kids, travel certainly changes the way that we go about it, perhaps the decisions that we make about where we're going to go and things like that would change. Or I guess maybe the thought process would certainly change. So what tips do you have for making it easier to travel with children? It definitely does change. And I think for us, although we didn't really change what we did, 
it was a lot more planning up front. So I think being organised, as you know, when you become a parent, like you just even to get out of the house with little young babies and things is such a nightmare. Yeah. And it takes you forever. Um, so travelling on a, an overseas holiday for sure, or even around Australia, it's it's the same kind of thing. You just got to plan. You got to think ahead of like any eventuality. And certainly when the kids are a lot younger and you're more concerned about you know the health side of things and what if they get sick and what are they going to be eating and all those kind of things. So I guess like our first destination, um, well, apart from New Zealand, that's where my husband's from. So we went there quite a lot (laughs) when when our kids were very young. But we went over like to Japan because it was a very clean country, had... That's my quality. number one place to go. I can't wait. And to it's beautiful. Go in cherry blossom season for yes, sure. Yes, yes, <laughs> yep. That's on the list. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's all just things like you know, can you can you get nappies? Like if you've got bottles, are you sterilising things? Mm. How are you going to sterilise them on the road? And so all that upfront planning is really the key, I think, to a really successful trip. Yep. We didn't change our destinations, as I said, and we didn't change the way we travel. Like we're not we're not people to go to just you know the kids resort you know a big resort with the kids club and and we don't just we don't plan our holidays around kids activities at Mm. all so we're really selfish parents (laughs) no the kids learn so much from that though for sure they see a completely different side to the world yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah planning being organized and kind of just not having any expectations I think certainly for flights and stuff like I hear people all the time they're really stressing oh my god how I'm going to deal with it but I think if you just lower your expectations except that anything could kind of happen and I mean we Touchwood had never had any trouble with our kids on a flight at Mm. all and you know we've even had delays where we've been about sort of seven hours delayed and we've had three hours trapped in a plane on a runway in Frankfurt with the kids because um, all the baggage handlers went on strike in Heathrow and we couldn't get to London. And oh, I had that. I had that in Dubai. We're on the tarmac for an oh hour. God, that was it. the longest hour of my life. Yeah. Oh. So we had tiny kids then. Yeah. I think they were two, or well, not quite two, and nearly four. And yeah. you know, they had a drink, and our youngest one went back to sleep in the bassinet that we mm. still had for him. And yeah. um, you know, they they survived it. And and being yeah. organised too for um, you know activities and different things you can bring out on a long haul flight and. Yeah, you know, I wrap, used to wrap little new things from the $2 shop yeah. and so along the flight they could have them and Play-Doh's great on the plane and stickers. Like they'd cover their whole back seat of the, the seat in front with stickers and the tray table and yeah. just lots of little things to kind of keep them entertained. And, yeah. and as they get older, like the in-flight entertainment's amazing. So yeah. they're just like happy to be glued to that for most of the way. <laughs> exactly. They're like, oh, I'm allowed to sit on this for nine yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, do what you like. Go <laughs> yeah. for it. <laughs> so in your opinion or your experience, because you've been to over 100 countries and you've taken your kids yeah. along to I was reading on your website like 51 or 53 yeah yeah. (laughs) my god um so what would be your top destination so if you're a family um you know I've got a four-year-old and a 14-year-old um so ours is quite difficult Mm. to manage you know because what works for the four-year-old doesn't work for the 14-year-old or some things do but not everything so what would be your top destinations that you think families should go to there's quite a few that are family friendly mm. and although being in Australia, like we're quite a long way away from anywhere. So you yeah. do have to contemplate that flight and a slightly long haul flight. Mm. But, you know, obviously Fiji's a, a logical choice. They love the kids there and it's really simple to get to in a short flight. New yeah. Zealand would be another one. Yeah. Um, any of the Asian destinations, like they love kids and mm. they're so family orientated and it's close enough to Australia. You know, you can seven, nine hours and you're there. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, for us, I guess, 
the European sort of Mediterranean countries, Greece and Turkey and Italy, they're mm. so family orientated mm. that you have no hassles. Like you go out in any Italian restaurant and you've got families everywhere. There's young kids everywhere, and they're just so so sort of drawn towards them that they they don't frown upon you for having your young kids there, and they're they're really just accepting of it. So I yeah. mean, they're they're some of our really favourite places, easy to get around as mm. well, and obviously like the Asian countries are quite cheap to get to with like Air Asia from here is such a cheap destination. I mean, I think we flew all of us over to Malaysia a couple of years ago for like $500 return or something. Oh, wow. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So um, you can do some really cheap. And when you get there, you can stay in some sort of lower cost accommodation to make it affordable for yeah. a family. And, you know, younger kids, people do have that concern of oh, what about the food and the hygiene and mm. that kind of stuff. And, you know, you can still be very smart about where you eat there. You don't have to eat off the street if you've got really young kids and you're mm. not comfortable with that. And you pick restaurants that have got tons of people in them and locals in them and you know they're going to be turning the food over yes. really quickly yeah. and um, so yeah there's I mean America of course you've got the Disneyland when the kids get to that age or you know you can go to Hong Kong Disney and yeah we did Hong Kong Disney much easier <laughs> yes. much closer but yeah. nothing can beat the real thing yeah that is that is very true I went to the Paris one and I was like oh yeah it's not as good yeah we but went to yeah. that a couple of years ago yeah. and we're kind of disappointed a little bit underwhelmed mm. yeah well, that's unfortunate <laughs> but still as soon as I see Mickey I'm like because I'm such a Disney kid I'm like oh it's amazing yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so love there's it. so many so many options available mm. and and in all different price brackets as well. So yeah. it's not you know, yes, travel can be expensive, but there's lots of ways you can save tons of money. And yeah. we, we do everything on our own. Um, we very rarely we use a travel agent for flights and things because yeah. we do crazy trips where we never just go to one place. Oh yes, like you hop it. Yeah, yeah you hop skipping and jumping everywhere. Yeah. It's too hard to book those. You can't do hard. it, and you can't get a decent price. And a travel yep. agent has access to so many more options in mm. terms of what you can include in one ticket. Mm. So, I mean, we we did ten weeks in South America a few years back, mm. and um, we had thirty three flights on that holiday. Oh my god. <laughs> And 70 nights accommodation that I had to book, which was driving me insane. It was like a full-time job kind of organising wow. that trip because we did do it all ourselves. But, yep. yes, we used a travel agent to book, you know, as many flights as we could. And we looked at air passes that they can book and yep. all those kind of things. So God, that just shocked me. <laughs> that just rocked me to my core, Julie. <sighs> um, so this is the perfect next question. How do we start planning a trip? What's the – obviously you go, okay, I want to go sure. here. We're going to go at this time. What What's the next step? What do we do? Sure. Well, even with the choosing of the destination, I mean, we've had discussions since the kids have been getting a bit older over the last five or six years of, okay, what are some places we'd like to go? And they might have a few suggestions and in terms of countries or destinations. And, and then we kind of all talk about it. We have lots of family dinner discussions around holidays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they get a bit fed up with it sometimes. <laughs> but, um, I mean, we've even kind of done that and then we've kind of got down to like a top three and then we all kind of, as a family decide okay well yeah we're all really interested in here let's try and go here yeah and then once you've decided where to go it's all about the planning and being organized with the kids mm. and you know when when it was just my husband and I we you can just turn up somewhere yeah. and decide oh that hotel's full or that backpacker's full or whatever kind of accommodation you're doing and you move on to the next one but you don't want to be dragging kids around so we pre-book everything even for that 10 weeks in South America yeah. we had all the accommodation pre-booked we had all the flights pre-booked um 
if we were doing like we did a cruise out to the Galapagos Islands, we had that pre-booked. Mm. And so we just we like to move a lot. We move every few days when we're on holidays. We don't really sit in one place, so we have to have it pre-booked and organised when you're travelling with more than a couple, <laughs> a yep. couple like with the kids, it's just too much. So the planning up front, um, work out where you want to go. How long do you have to be away? Like what's your length of your holidays you've got? Um, and then kind of start putting your itinerary together from there. Um, things we use all the time is obviously guidebooks. We mm-hmm. prefer Lonely Planet because they're sort of more um, dealing with the whole budget end as to up to high end if that's the accommodation and stuff you want. So it kind of covers everything. Mm. So we do a lot of looking at that, looking at travel brochures of the countries you're looking at going to and looking at guided tours and mm. working out, okay, well, they do that in 10 days or 12 days. So that kind of gives you a good indication of how long you would need to cover those destinations. Oh, that's very clever, yeah. So you kind of look at the tours that they do yep. and what are the main spots that they hit because they're yep. going to all the yeah, popular spots yep. and all the main sites and yep. and you can look at all those online these days. There's lots of travel brochure companies online. You don't have to go and physically get one, although sometimes it's nice to look at the pictures and yeah. see the little maps and work out, oh, yeah, that's here and that's over here. And mm. So we use that a lot, particularly with a longer trip, like if you're going for four, six, eight, ten weeks, mm. like you kind of need to know what are the length of those tours yeah and then from there um it's kind of jotting that all down and my husband's a mass geek so he loves spreadsheets so we have oh, very yeah, i live one of those <laughs> <laughs> very involved holiday spreadsheets <laughs> but they start just with a front page like a calendar and mm. and we start building on that so it's like yep. okay we have two days here and three days here and then kind of work out oh, actually we can't fit it all in can we scale back on some and so if you've got three weeks you know well, we're starting and ending here. You've got to allow your travel days and then fill that in in between time. And then that gives you a really good idea of how can we do it? Can we really fit that all in? No, we need to scrap some. Yes, we could add something else in. And, and, and how busy you want to be while you're away. Like, are you a family that needs to have some down days? Do yep. you want to have a week somewhere and relax? Do you want three or four days or whatever? So work out what works for your family and put that all together because I think when you can visualise it, on paper it kind of makes more sense Mm. and it breaks it all down into the little tasks you have to do. Yes. Um, I'm a project manager so I like lists. So we have then lots of lists from that itinerary of, okay, right, all right, we're doing that. So now we need flights or we need a train or how are we going to get to and from and kind of looking at all of that. And and then start with, if you're going overseas, start with your airfares um, because that's going to dictate you know, where you get your best deal, what airline you're going with, that might allow you different stopover options on the way, depending on the airline where their hubs are. And yep. it will just kind of indicate um, what other flights you could include if you need to fly to multiple destinations and things like that. Okay, wonderful. And then um, accommodation is a big thing where you can save tons of money. So, yep. um, you know, we don't spend any time in our hotel room other than sleeping for about seven or eight hours a night. But if you're somebody that really wants to use a hotel with a swimming pool and all those kind of things and relax and mm-hmm. lays around at the hotel for a bit, then obviously you're going to have a higher quality of hotel that you probably want to look mm-hmm. for than us where we're just there to sleep, like so long as it's air-conditioned in a hot country. <laughs> yeah, <yes. laughs> Has a private bathroom these days. Don't like sharing bathrooms so much no. and things like that. Mm. But, but, you know, <laughs> if you look online, hotel prices vary so much. And it's mm. great these days because there's a lot of the um, consolidated the, yeah, sites. The, yeah, so. the comparison sites yeah. are just so good. So it yeah. makes your life so much easier. You put yeah. your destination in and you can see all the major providers online. Mm. So Trivago and hotels combined and mm. things like that where yeah, you can work. see. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. work. Yeah, they do. It's great. And it gives you an option. And then, you know, it's about comparing, comparing all the prices and things mm. like that too. So look at those sites. 
Mm. Look at the hotels direct. Sometimes you can get a much better deal direct with a hotel than you get on those booking sites. Mm. Um, okay. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's the other way around. But yeah. you need to kind of compare yeah. them all. Okay. So, yeah, we figure out the plan, figure out your itinerary of sorry figure out where you're going figure out your itinerary of what you're going to actually do yeah. so that breaks it down into the small steps for you yeah. then you can work out your flights that you need definitely then your accommodation and then yeah from there you can um yeah sort of start booking yeah really. definitely and yeah. you know from that you might think okay well when we're here we really want to do a day trip to somewhere and yeah. then how can we do that and yeah. then you can work out okay well you know we maybe want to see some countryside so let's see is there an option to take a train or a yeah. bus or something rather than flying in between uh, everywhere if yeah. you've got more time if you can fit that in and so you can once you've got that first initial itinerary plan it really mm. just gives you that framework to start looking at okay, right, that's achievable. We could really actually do all of that. And then how does that work? And yeah. researching then begins. Yeah. So the research and the planning up front is really key yeah. to having it organised, having not too much go wrong and also saving you a lot of money. It's, I mean, it takes a lot of time. It really does take a lot of time yeah. doing the research. Yeah. So, What are so maybe some extra things that we don't, these things don't initially pop into our brains, but the things that we should budget for, especially with kids because these things can come up and you go, ah, Definitely. Well, one of the biggest things is if you need visas for places, like okay. they can add a huge amount of money onto your trip. So yeah. for Australians to get into Chile, for example, it's 160 $160 oh, wow. for a visa. Yeah. Um, and so if you're going to two or three countries and you mm. need visas for those places, they could be anywhere from like $20 or $30 up to a couple of hundred dollars for yeah. a visa. Wow. So That's if you've got. Person. Yes. <gasps> and then right. you've got the vaccinations, mm. which actually can add quite a lot on. And, you know, we've been to a few few countries, um, Africa and some of the South American countries where mm. you need yellow fever. And I think that's about $150. It's a few years since we've had that. About $150 per person mm. for that yellow fever yeah. um, jab. So the visas and you've got to plan ahead for those. Obviously passport if you don't have one if you're going no. overseas. Yes, that's key. <laughs> um, and making sure that's valid for at least six months yeah. <laughs> of your return date. Otherwise you can't get into some countries. Um, medications and certainly if you're concerned, like I, I tend to take you know, obviously as the kids get older you get less stuff that you do take yes. but I just don't want the hassle of having to try and find something so I take the stuff that I know works if they've got a cold you yeah. know the the Panadol and the um, or Demazin when they were younger mm. and these days Sudafed or something like that yeah. and anything for you know if they get motion sickness if they get bites and they're itchy if you get mm. a cut and you want to kind of keep it clean and I mean pawpaw cream is one of my favourite things to have because yeah, it kind of blocks does everything, everything isn't it yeah <laughs> just a creates sort a of, barrier yeah it gets rid of the diseases yeah. and germs and it kind of helps if it's itchy and all those kind of things and dry yeah. lips and it's yeah. kind of a multi-purpose thing. Um, so and with the vaccinations, you can, if you have private health insurance, you can actually claim some of that back. Okay. So you don't get a massive amount as a crazy complicated formula of if it's <laughs> yeah. more than $35 but less than this and then you get so much and it's capped at a certain amount. But but it all helps. Like we might, you know, I think in the past we might have got, say, you know, say we've spent three or $400 on mm. vaccinations for the four of us, we may have got $150 back or something like that. Makes so, it easier, hey? Yeah, definitely. Go, oh, okay, we'll put that towards a day tour or, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, and obviously with young kids, um, you know, you might be, you want to take formula with you or you mm. want to take, I used to take a lot of nappies with me because yes. I just didn't want the hassle of trying to find a nappy that kind of worked. And, yeah. you know, in China, they don't, 
actually use nappies. So, I mean, you can probably buy them in places these days, Mm. but we were there many years ago and you see all these kids and they actually have their clothes with um, the crutch area with a hole in it. It's cut out. It doesn't have fabric. (laughs) You're going... Okay, that's weird, but it's because they don't have nappies or anything. So you have these tiny little kids like crawling around or whatever and they just go to the toilet when they need to go to the toilet. Wow, that's a bit confronting. It is. <laughs> like, so, but things like like in those days you would have found it difficult to buy nappies and stuff mm. there. So just knowing what you need to have for your your family circumstances and any medical stuff and mm. if you need to get um, letters from doctors as to why you're carrying some medication if, if oh, it's not. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, so checking what's allowed to be bought into countries and yeah. most prescribed medication is fine, yeah, fine. in the boxes yeah. and stuff but if there's a you know huge amount for whatever medical reason mm. you might have with your family family, just making sure that's covered and checking that that's okay to take into countries. And so, yeah, that's the main cost, I think, is, um, yeah, the medical stuff, the, mm. the pre-planning stuff, the visas, the um, vaccinations and yeah. um, just anything you might need for a specific destination. If you're doing a skiing holiday, are you taking stuff with you? Are you yeah. um, are you hiking in the Amazon jungle? Like, do you need oh, what God, sort of water? Imagine that with kids. <laughs> oh, I don't need to look at monkeys. I've already got two with me. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your number one thing? So if you were Tom Hanks stranded and you had to have this one thing, what's the one thing you cannot live without when you travel? It's actually probably something just really simple and it's not not maybe what people might think you would think of. But for me, it's and certainly when they were younger, is actually having a really good kind of backpack, a day pack oh. with lots of separate sections yes. separate so that all the rubbish you have to carry with you every day that mm. I need the mum have you got that have you got that can I have that do you want that can you hold my sunglasses can you hold my hat and just actually having a bag where you know it's got all pockets and sections and drink holders on the side that you can stick bottles of water in and yep. um, we just like to carry the one bag around with us as well and now the kids are older we all just take turns carrying that backpack as we're tracing oh, okay. around That's so you don't idea. have to worry about has everyone got their bags yep. and you sit at a table somewhere or if you sitting somewhere looking at some temple or something and you're not thinking right did you leave your bag behind have you got that Mm. so we kind of keep one bag and lots and lots of pockets so that's something that I really really (laughs) which is crazy it's just a backpack but um I just I don't know if one breaks like it starts ripping and stuff I think oh my god I've got to find another good one with lots (laughs) of different sections and yeah you keep your camera in it and you know we can split up money and stuff so Mm. that we don't have everything all in the one pocket and if you need a raincoat for some places like with poncho thing and you can throw them in and you've just got enough room that you can kind of fit everything and yeah. you're not having to all carry five different things and have jackets and yeah. everyone's kind of because my kids are not very good at keeping control of their belongings oh I think they, yeah <laughs> god gosh we traveled to the philippines last year and that was yeah, the 14 year old that's all I said to him the whole time have you got this have you have you, you, <laughs> have you done this have you done that and then the other one was going I'm hungry so yeah like, um, my bag was full of snacks the whole bag was completely full yeah. of snacks and yeah. that's really handy particularly if you have fussy eaters and if you you know the plain food and they're not going to eat that mm. and, yeah. and there's nothing worse like you get, if you get to a destination or there's delays along your way and yeah. you're just stuck and stranded somewhere like yeah definitely with younger kids having snacks and stuff that they will eat is for sure yeah. And the other thing I would always take is certainly if you're doing flights and stuff or mm. long train journeys is a good book. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of books, 
<laughs> Julie's written down an amazing book, actually. It's called Going Somewhere and Taking the Kids. It's her journey. It's called Our Journey Through Vietnam, Cambodia and Laos. Mm. Yes, I said that right. Woo-hoo. Or Laos, uh, I think they say. Laos. But okay. we say Laos here in Australia. <laughs> so it's a practical, easy DIY. You can follow it yourself guide um, to planning your trip with children. And it's available on Julie's website, which is... Uh, JulieWarnerTravelPlans.com Fantastic. Thank you so much for today, Julie. Like, I certainly learned so much and I'm going to go home and read this book because I'm trying to talk my husband into going to Japan. Perfect. Because um, I just need to <laughs> need to go and see it. So thank you so much for coming thank in. You. It's been Thanks an absolute pleasure. So I've certainly... Thanks so much to Julie for a wonderful time and a wonderful insights into how we can stay sane on a plane. I'm Seriously, I'm going to keep that phrase for the rest of my life. That was just pure genius that came out before. (laughs) God, I'm so bad. So what I learned was the stickers on the aeroplane. That blew my mind. How fantastic is that? You give them little stickers and they can stick it all over the back of the seat in front of them, keep them so amused. I know my son is nearly five, so the in-flight entertainment makes life a lot easier for me. But when he was two years old and we travelled to Dubai completely on my own, I wish I would have had that because that would have just at least (laughs) taken an hour of him actually sitting down instead of wandering around and around and around the plane, which got old real quick. As I'm sure so many of you have experienced, especially if you've travelled on your own, like it's, oh, it it was really hard and I don't think I'll ever do it again. I've learned a lot about myself (laughs) and uh, um, yes, anyway, flashbacks, flashbacks. So thanks so much to Julie. That was a fantastic insight into how we can travel with our kids and we don't have to just put them in the kids club or just sit around the pool for a week. We can actually go and do the things and see the country and immerse ourselves in the culture And the kids are going to come along and they are going to be fine. You're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. It's all about the planning. Make sure you pick the destination that you all want to go to. If your kids are old enough, get them involved in the conversation. See if there's somewhere that they really want to go or even things that you know that they love to do at home. You can incorporate that into your holiday, which is just great. Everyone's a winner. And also perhaps maybe look at whether... Um, you can maybe even put the kids in a kids club for the afternoon. So you and hubby or you and your partner can go and have some time to yourselves as well. Do think about yourself. You know, this is a holiday that you're paying for. Make sure you get something that you really want to do, not only as a family, but for you as well, to fill you up, to light you up. And so you do feel refreshed and invigorated. So when you do come home, you're not sitting there going, oh, I really wish I would have just taken an hour to wander around a market or the shops or something. So make sure there's something in there for you. That's what I really learned from Julie. As well, sit down and figure out your itinerary. Personally, in my family, we need rest days. We can't keep going and going and going all the time. It doesn't work for us. So don't put yourself under the pressure of having to go, oh, I've got to do something every single day. I have to do an activity with the kids every single day. No, you don't. You'll be fine if you have a day around the pool. You'll be fine if you just have maybe not even a beach day. I find beach days a bit hard work when the kids are young. I'll be brutally honest. So maybe just hang around around the pool. Maybe say, hey, hubby, I'm going to go and have a massage this afternoon after we've done our pool things. Think about you and how your holiday can invigorate you as well. It is about the family. It is about that connection, about that downtime as well. 
but really make sure you're not over planning and pushing yourself to do all these things each each day. That's my big takeaway. As well, pack as much food that you know your kids are going to love in your luggage. Now, I went to Philippines last year. We took a, literally a suitcase full of two-minute noodles because that's all my 14-year-old eats. So do that. Don't feel bad about that. He will be fine. Like They will be fine if they live off of jats. <laughs> you know, like it's only a certain amount of time. And when you find something that they will eat that you're comfortable for them to eat, then do it. Just don't put so much pressure on yourself to have this Insta-perfect, Facebook amazing holiday. It's about you. So thank you so much to Julie. Julie Warner Travel Plans. Please check out her book. It's a wealth of knowledge and it's a really great read on how you can DIY a holiday that's going to really suit you and that you're absolutely going to love and build family memories for a lifetime. So thank you so much for listening to episode five of the Mum Source podcast. I am Charlie Bullis. I absolutely love making these podcasts and I hope you get so much out of it. So look, if you are interested and you want to listen again or rate and subscribe to my podcast, I would absolutely treasure you forever. If this resonates with you, please jump on board and give me a huge thumbs up to know that I'm doing the right thing. Also, you can contact me and and follow me on Instagram. Look for mumsource, so M-U-M-M-U-M-S-O-U-R-C-E. Look for it on Facebook and on Instagram and you can follow all the latest episodes, all the things that I'm getting up to and so I can spread the message to mums everywhere that, you know, let's keep it real. Let's be real mums. Let's not put up a pretense. Let's support each other. Let's build a community of love that there's no judgment. There's just being real. And there are days where I feed my kids wheat bix for dinner because I just have to. I'm being totally real with you guys. So thanks so much for listening. I love you all. And I'll see you next week.